podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to one of those weeks. We were just talking about, it's been a painful weekend, and then I remembered, it's been a painful week. At least, though, with pain, you can share it. And to help me share the pain is the man of misery and suffering of the weekend. It's Mr Andy Saunders. How are you, Andy? I'm all right. I can barely, barely get the enthusiasm up to do this. That cheers me up, though, to know know you're as miserable. It's just been so miserable. I mean, look, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Football is, football is, is, you know, is a game where you lose games. It just feels like it's been relentlessly miserable for the last however many days it is since uh, since last Wednesday. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but it seems as though the misstep happened against Arsenal and it carried on. Um, but actually, I had actually forgotten how miserable football can make you feel. I know I'm well, sounding up. Well, it wasn't up, just us as well. It was that last second Liverpool goal as well, where it was just looking like we might have got away with it. And then, you know, that was just crushing as well. It's like, I, I know you shouldn't put too much store by other teams results and it's entirely up to you to control your destiny but that just felt like a punch in the gut as well well and and not just the goal which you go okay incredible football moment but it was the VAR decision to give a bloke who wasn't interfering with play as offside I mean ridiculous how and and having having been done by VAR the day before you know an offside is offside you know you have to you know, you have to say, well, it doesn't matter if it's a millimetre, offside is offside. It's just when it's those kind of margins, you do question question whether that's anything to do with football, frankly. Yeah, and the West Brom one, well, sorry, he wasn't even the person who got near the ball. The only thing you could say, was he in, in line with the goalkeeper? Yeah, it, which he kind of was, but still, yeah. you know, I mean, that that that's football, isn't it? And I, I don't think that's interfering with play. I think if you're... I don't think he was close enough to the goalkeeper to be obstructing or blocking. I th- he might have slightly blocked his view, but I just think that was a perfectly good goal ruled out. And, and you know, the VAR thing, there's no point us banging on about it because it's pretty much here to stay. They may tweak it. Um, I'm sure we'll come on and we'll talk about the VAR decision in, in our game in the FA Cup final. But it is what it is. It's just incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I, the, the, the only my last point on that West Brom thing was how many times have we seen VAR on close calls take ages to come up with a decision? Mm-hmm. That didn't. We we didn't even get the replay, the VAR replay for that West Brom goal. Mm-hmm. It was it was turned over in seconds. It was quite it was obvious that they went. He's interfering with play by standing there. That was it. They didn't yeah. even look as to whether they didn't even look to see whether the actual person who scored was offside, which well, is what I thought they, they were going to do. They just they just did it quickly. I mean, I saw a load of ridiculous conspiracy theories, you know, on social media about how the game is corrupt and it's bent and they're you know everything's in. I mean, I don't. Buy any of that nonsense i just think it was huh. poor i just think it's it was obvious a, it was a, i just think it was a poor decision um and you know one one that's made probably to the letter of the or of the um of the law for want of a better word but i don't think it's bent i, I just think it's i just think it's poor you know and i think var is a you know is is a uh, is a frustrating mechanism that we've brought into the game yeah, I, I think you don't also, think it's corrupt, do you? I mean, yeah, of course silly. I don't. I'm you know. just winding you up for the hell yeah. of it. Of course it's corrupt, Andy. Football is bent. I mean, it's <sighs> obvious. You know. know, come on. And I know, in, I know, in the depths of frustration and and gnashing of teeth, it's easy to turn around and go, everyone's against us. I just think that it, it, you know, in, in situations like this, it feels it feels like everything is stacked against you. But it's just a poor decision. Yeah, for me, I've always thought VAR, I get it when it's a mathematical situation that actually someone is offside and then they score a goal. I get that. The line has to be drawn somewhere. I get that. But what worries me is with, with what I think it was set up for, which was mathematical situations that we are now getting interpretation because that's all you can do because I bet you you put 10 referees in a room looking at that 
And five will say, yes, he's interfering with play. And I bet you five will say he's not. So, Well, also, it's about the clear and obvious error as well. I don't think that was yes. a clear and obvious error. No, I genu- exactly. I genuinely don't. I mean, I think on an offside, you know, when you're drawing the lines, when it's as close as it was against Mason Mount, and we'll talk about that game, um, I think that it's, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I just think that there has to be some margin in there. There has to be a margin when it's that close. But you know, I'm not. What, what do I know? I don't know. I don't know no, how these things work. No, I, I, I mean, I do. I do know that offside is offside, and it doesn't matter if it's one millimeter. It is offside. But when it's when the game is moving that fast and it's moving, uh, it's it's moving. You know, with with that kind of velocity, can you really make a decision when it's that tight? You know, are there? Are there other factors involved? I don't know. I find it very frustrating. And, of course, it happened to us. If it had happened to Leicester on that occasion, then we probably wouldn't even be talking about it. But, you know. Well, we probably would and be going, well, you know, it's tough on them, but them's the rules. Yeah, of I don't, course. I don't think we would have even mentioned it. You know, so so that's the thing is that... I would have. I live up here. <laughs> yeah. But but it's, uh, you know, it's it's obviously it's very painful in a big game like that. You know, when it when it's basically cost us the game, cost us a trophy. Yeah, exactly. Or cost us the chance of keep on going into extra time for well, the yeah. trophy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but yeah. You and, and the last point on the West Brom thing, clear and obvious error. Clear and obvious error is having Jamie Carragher as a co-commentator on a Liverpool game going hysterical when they score. Sorry, I don't want to hear commentators doing that. It's not endearing. Well, it's we not had it. Lovely. Had it with Robbie Savage, didn't you, in yeah. the, in the, in the Leicester game because he's a former Leicester player, you know. But you know, I mean, I mean, can you can you fault someone for being human? I mean, I yes. think I, I can't. I can't really fault them. Maybe maybe fault the people that appointed them as a co-commentator. Yeah, um, no, but look, but you I'm know, just them getting excited. And twisted this I, know, week. I am as well, but. It is what it is, Kerry. Of course it is. That's football. That's why we love it. Yeah, okay. You know, that that is, isn't it? You know, Mm. this is it. One week it's for you. It does feel as though we've had a few against us. You know, these are the rules. We have to live by them. Football's a a mixed emotion game. That's it, really. But uh, other than that, how was your week? (laughs) I can't remember. I've I've gone into such a depth of despair. Listen, and also as well, let me clarify this. I'm not down on Tuchel. I'm not down on the team. I'm not down on. I'm not. I'm not ranting and raving like some idiots are about you know about this and that and it's all gone terribly wrong and why didn't we keep Frank and all this nonsense that people do when they end up with this emotional diarrhea after a run of games like this. It is ultimately what it is, and you know football is about losing games and winning games. I'm just a bit depressed. That's all yeah. because I just think it would have been it would have been lovely to have won those games. Would would have been lovely to give us a bit of a comfortable margin in the top four race it would have been nice to win a trophy would have been nice for the women to win the champions league all that would have been nice it's just upsetting but you know to suddenly get the knives out and and start attacking the manager and attacking the players who've gone through an incredibly intense period of games you know a really somewhat overwhelming period of games where it's two massive games a week for you know for ages now um to to, to start throwing hand grenades into that situation for me it's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous thing to do it's sad it's upsetting it's distressing but to take it out on the team and to take it out on the manager i'm not having it no 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 i i totally agree with you them's the way it crumbles sometimes you know them's the way it crumbles that's a terrible mashup of Sayings. I know. Well, I, I, I got completely <laughs> lost because I was looking at where you we were going. Changed your mind to. halfway through, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I you were going to say yeah. them's the breaks, and that's the way the cookie crumbles, and you just I, panicked in the middle I, of it. I did a bit of a Timo <laughs> Werner. <laughs> Kick the, the ball goal was way. gaping, mate. There, and you just you smashed it over the bar. I did. I, I Timo Werner it. Um, look, it, it, it's obvious that we can lay the blame somewhere, though. This week, um, it's the shirt, isn't it? It's the new kit. It's, yeah, that needs to be burnt, as, as somebody said to me. Yeah, yeah. well, as, as I, say, I said, uh, you know, uh, new shirt out. That's the campaign we've got yeah. to get. It's, it's, it's clearly, um, it's clearly uh, not, not been a, a, a fantastic talisman for us, is it? So. Do, do you not think it's a weird thing, though? It's such a marketing exercise. The kit you've played in all year and suddenly you change it for the final because you're wanting people to buy it. I feel Kerry, sorry for Kerry. the other kit. Nothing, nothing to do with the kit. <laughs> Are you sure? 
Nothing to do with the kit. The Premier League is not corrupt. It's like you know, you're turning into one of those mad conspiracy theorists, aren't you? No, no. Are I'm you a flat to, earther? Just trying to get you going and up on a Monday morning. Going, yeah, I like it because it is all nonsense. But it's yeah, no. marketing. I mean, the new kit's marketing, isn't it? You, you know, you wear it in a big showcase final, and you know, actually, you know, look, I didn't like the kit when I saw it first in pictures. I actually quite like it. I have to say, I don't, I don't mind it. I've been it looks better on the players. I'm not sure it'll look a, it'll look great on a on an overweight 56 year old bloke eating a kebab in the Fulham Road. But I mean, on the players, it looks all right. Yeah, no, it, it's different. Um, I really like the yellow bit down the side as well. But it's a bit maximum security, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's also op art, you know, but it's three op art paintings in one. That's what I find a little bit confusing. It starts right. as a, off as one thing and moves to another and then moves to another thing as you go across the shirt. What's op art, Kerry? Sorry? What's op art? Op art, yes. What is, what is it? It's like a Bridget Riley painting gone wrong. But th- that doesn't answer my question. What's, I didn't what, hear you. You cut what, out. Sorry, what's, what is op art? Op art is... Um, Art that causes visual vibrations on your retina, so uh, okay. you can it, it can start shuddering and shimmering and shaking. Um, it, it it affects the eye. So even though it's a static image, it does something to your eye and makes your eye involuntarily react to the image. So, yeah. so that's, that's quite a good description of the kit, then. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. that's 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 my point. Yeah. Um, so yes, it's. Uh, Okay, we can't blame the shirt, but, you know, I tried. I tried, everyone. That's it. All right, well, look, um, I'll ask you another question about your week before we get into the misery of last week, Mm because it is at least last week now um, that it all happened. So um, did you play cricket this weekend? No. (gasps) God. No, it rained, man. It just rained all weekend. So that's another reason to be slightly miffed. Yeah, it's uh, it's just been miserable. The weather's horrible, isn't it? It's just, we're in the middle of May, I've got the heaters on, and uh, yeah, the cricket season has not really started because of the rain. It's just horrible. We just yeah. need, I mean, I, you know, the only thing I would say is this, which, I mean, I know I'm being relentlessly depressing, but, you know, maybe you've got to experience this low to appreciate the high that's coming up in the next two weeks. Oh, you did it. That's exactly what we've got to think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah maybe you know. th- maybe this is it. Maybe 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 we needed to be taken down to a, the depths of despair so that we can reach the heights of ecstasy in the next two weeks. Absolutely. You, know, you never know. I mean, I think the thing about football is it, it will kick you in the nuts. It will, and that's uh, you know that, that's part of the experience because for every kick in the nuts, hopefully you're going to get you know a period of walking on air when when you win something. So, and, and we can't argue that we've had a really good run. You know, we were we were ninth. When when Tuchel stood uh, took over, we were well off the pace. Um, we were still in the cups, but we weren't looking particularly strong. Um, there, there seemed to be I mentioned all this last week that there, there, there seemed to be a, a sort of slight sort of you know um, down down facing attitude uh, within the team, and all that sort of changed in recent times. We've just had. A sort of five days of misery. That happens. I mean, it does happen in football. Otherwise, it'd be very boring, wouldn't it? Just go out and mechanically win every game. I mean, I know there's a there's a there's a you know there's something great about about glory and about winning, but I think sometimes you've got to juxtapose it with a bit of misery just to appreciate those highs. So hopefully, the next couple of weeks are going to be something special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we need something special, and I have to say, when you said. For every kick in the nuts, I was waiting for you to suddenly say, you get a stroke of your nuts, um, which would have been kind of weird if you'd have said that, but you didn't. Yeah. It was just I wasn't going to say that, Kerry, and I'm slightly disturbed that you even thought it. <laughs> well, it's the opposite. What's the opposite of a kick in the nuts? It's, you know, that that was all. Um, know, anyway. That's probably a rabbit hole we shouldn't go down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably right. But, you know, at the moment, all rabbit holes are worth exploring. You never know what's inside them. Um, OK, so let's move back to last week. Mm. Arsenal at home. Mm. This mm. was a stick-on home win. This is what everyone was saying. Well, they're so rubbish, you know, at least this will get us tuned up for the cup final. There's nothing they can do. They're they're so awful at the moment. We can't lose it. So were you surprised at the side 
that uh, was put out, or nothing. was it understandable with the no, cup coming up? Nothing, nothing really surprising about it, was there? I mean, Kepper in goal was always a little bit of an eyebrow raiser. Uh, and then uh, Azpilicueta, Silva and Zuma at the back. I probably wouldn't have played Zuma. Um, James and Chilwell are, you know, probably our best, well, they are our best wing-backs. Billy Gilmore getting another run next to Jorginho. That that always makes me slightly nervous. Um, Mountain Pulisic and Havertz up front. That that should have been enough. So there was enough there to be a fairly moribund Arsenal team. And actually, this was, I think, probably the worst game of the season, wasn't it? It was just a terrible, terrible game of football with both sides looking just poor. Chelsea looking tired, I thought, more than anything. Tired and lacking in motivation and uh, and ideas. Maybe distracted by the cup final. Maybe a little bit overwhelmed by the run of games they've been on. Maybe just... You know, just slightly in a rut. It just felt like we we just from the start we weren't up for this. It felt like an end of season game Did. with nothing to play for. That's what what I I found, and that mm. really disturbed me because you would have thought, you know, the the talk beforehand was you don't need motivating to get up for an Arsenal game or up for a cup final. Um, and I think in both cases. I don't know. Maybe they are tired. You know, it's been a relentless season and the, and the push under Tuchel has been extraordinary. And, and I really hope that uh, the game against Man City wasn't sort of like the, the, the top of the mountain for some of them. And, and now it's just all downhill. They need to find and remember what they've been doing in that period. And, and yeah, the Arsenal game, I mean, it was, oh, I, I, I don't know. It, I found it a disturbing game to watch, as I say, because it did feel like it's all about the cup final at the weekend. Don't worry about it. And and really, we gave it away, didn't we? We did. And I think Tuchel also admitted that he probably got the line-up wrong and took a lot of responsibility for it. It just didn't feel right at all. Um no, I mean, you know, we had a couple of opportunities towards the end, hit the bar twice in two seconds, and the goal was an absolute disaster. Yeah, I don't know. It just the whole thing was 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 relentlessly depressing, really, wasn't it? What did you think about the goal? <laughs> I can't even remember it. I've scrubbed it from my mind. Who mm. scored it for them? It was um, Smith Rowe. Yeah, Smith Rowe. Oh, you know, I mean, it, it was. It was just disastrous, wasn't it? I mean, well, it was a it was a pass back, you know. That, that yeah, exactly. You know. But it was it was Zuma that played it to Jorginho. Yeah, I'm not sort of buying that. I've seen a lot. I of mean, that. They, yeah, they, you know, I, you no, should, but I'm not you, blaming you know. Zuma. But I'm I'm just saying sometimes what sometimes happens in this team is just every now and then just boot it away, yeah. and it it just felt like no one was switched on to the possibilities. I, I don't even think that was. Don't even think that you know. For me, I mean, yeah, of course, you boot it away. I mean, yes, put it in rose head if you if you if you're feeling under pressure. That there's no problem with that. We rebuild. But I think in that situation, for Jorginho not to look when he passed the ball, you know, I don't, I can't blame Kepper for this. Kepper was making an angle. Kepper yeah. was basically saying, "I'm, I'm making he was an doing angle the right on, thing. on the left side of my box so that we can, you know, so we can break the press." You know, and I, I didn't have a problem within that. But for Jorginho to pass the ball back without looking. Between the posts, which you're taught as a kid never to do, never to never to pass it between the posts or square across the back. They're the two things that you're taught as a defender. I just thought it was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous and lazy and thoughtless. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Jorginho, have been this year. I think he's been really good. I'm not going to truck any any nonsense about him at all. I think he's been a key player for us during this amazing run. But that was a ridiculous thing to do. And I think just showed the lack of concentration and and thought that was going into this game. I mean, Kepa made a brilliant save on the line, you know, to, to stop it going in. And then, you know, unfortunately it went to Smithrow, who basically shanked it into the goal. It was just a disaster. Yeah, I, and uh, yeah, it's quite interesting about Kepa saving it, because of course that is an indirect free kick straight away. Yeah, because um, um, it's a the, pass back. Yeah, exactly. And um, he used his hands. Um, the people were moaning about, oh, the referee should have blown. And no, you go, well, no, you play advantage, don't you? And yeah. he did absolutely the right thing. Yeah, nothing um, wrong with that. 
and you know what what else could Kepper have done because he wouldn't have reached it if he'd slid for it with his feet you know he did what he had to do which is okay if I get I thought he did very well I thought he he did did very well it wasn't his fault and I still see people who've such an agenda against certain players I mean they have such a focus on individual players as a lightning rod for their own frustration. And I get it. You're frustrated. We're all frustrated. You cannot be a real football fan if you don't feel immense frustration at situations like that. But to kind of pick an individual player and go, see, see, I told you, I told you he was rubbish. In that situation, come on, behave yourself. Yeah, it's just a mistake. It's a mistake, and players make mistakes. And I was incredibly frustrated by the mistake because it was really unnecessary. But it happens. And and I said, you know, if you can't accept that players will make mistakes on football pitch, maybe football's not for you. Because that's, that's essentially, you know, one of the key things about football is it's a game it's a game that's built in some ways on mistakes and on forcing mistakes and forcing errors and you know and all players make mistakes John Terry fell over you know being pressed by Van Persie in an Arsenal game that you know it's it's happens it happens you know yeah, and, and you've just got to shake it off what we should have done is shut that off and and taken the game to Arsenal and the problem was we didn't we just didn't have the energy and the desire and the belief to take the game to Arsenal over that and it just became this moribund boring depressing game well it was one of those games at the end of it you uh, it, it, it felt like we could have played another hour. We don't score. It was one of those classic games. It's it's just not going to happen. There is no spark. And I, I think that worried me the most. I also, also think that it may well have affected the thinking for the team for the cup final in the end after that game. Because I think some players might have had a chance of playing. And I think they probably played themselves out of contention. Um, mm. it, it was one of those games. I think there was so much more riding on it than perhaps everyone realised, because it sets the tone for the week as well. Mm. Um, But I I thought it was interesting when Tuchel said, I got the selection wrong. I thought that was, uh, you know, I've got no truck with Tuchel. This isn't his side. This isn't his squad. As we've always said, we'll find out more about Thomas Tuchel, Chelsea manager, through the summer and come, say, November next year, you know, um, or later this year. And we'll see exactly what he makes of it. You know, it'd be interesting to see, say, players like Jorginho, do they stay there or does he go out and buy a, a partner for for um, Kante in the midfield? I don't know. I, that's what's going to make the summer fascinating. Well, we need a striker. Yeah, without we need, doubt. We need, we need, we need a recognised specialist striker. You know, I think, you know, what we've done this year is probably flattered to deceive a little bit up front. We've had so many opportunities that we haven't taken We've been so profligate in front of goal. It's when we look back on this season, it, it'll be funny in a couple of years' time. We look back and somebody puts a little compilation video together of all the chances we've misses we've missed because it's it's been ridiculous. Um, you know, and hopefully that's that's just been a learning curve for us. And if we have a focal point, a striker that's whose job it is, you know, to put it in, who's you know a little bit more ruthless and and has a bit more of a killer instinct than what we've got at the moment, I think we would have been we would have been way ahead and comfortable by now. Um, you know, is there an issue in the middle of the field? I think the Jorginho, Kovacic, Kante things work pretty well this season. Is it the future moving forward? Who knows? I think the Chilwell James thing looks like it's brilliant. I think it's probably the best fullback partnership apart from Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, I think at the back, could we do another centre back? I think, you know, Silver's not going to be there forever. You know, he might have another season in. Christensen's been good, but he's injured. Aspiliqueta, again, ageing. Uh, Rudiger, I think, has been a revelation since he came back under Tuchel. Zuma, I think he's limitations have been exposed a little bit so we probably need a center back of some sort you know do we need more firepower creativity wise well you've got mount you've got pulisic you've got hudson adoy are they enough maybe Havertz, maybe you know so there's all sorts of variables in there to look at over the summer i mean the most annoying thing over the summer is there's a euros which is going to be a real distraction from the transfer market a little bit because nobody's going to want to be talking about that during the middle of an international competition yeah, no, that that's true. I, I I think we'll definitely go for a midfielder. I think we'll definitely go for a, a centre back. Would you buy Declan Rice? <coughs> um, yeah, I, I guess he's a he's a very well, you don't sound very thrilled good about it. Well, I'm not thrilled about it because it's it's what everyone's been going on for the last two years about. Um, and I see him as a, a very good player. Is he the player we want? I don't know. Um, what do you What do you want? Do you think? 
I think we need somebody that's a little bit more like a Fabregas, the kind of guy who can... Unlock. Yeah, exactly. You know, because actually Mason Mount does an awful lot of work up the top, but I I think his role, we rely on him too much. He's only 22, um, and he's the one who's looking to thread the ball or try and play someone in. And I think we need someone further back. Like we always used to talk about, Fabregas was kind of like a quarterback. Mm. And I think he, somebody like that would work with with Kante, without a doubt, because Kante can, can, can patrol and protect, and we can get things moving a little earlier on the pitch. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I also think we do, no matter what anyone says, we need a striker striker. Yeah. We need someone who is greedy, who demands, who's miserable if he doesn't get a shot. We need somebody who runs the front part of the pitch, says, Mm. I am the focal point, because I actually think it'll make all those players around better players. Because Mm. at the moment, the pressure is on all of them to try and score goals. If you've got a 20, 25 goal a season striker... That pressure is taken off you. Your first thought is, how do I create a chance for my centre forward? So what's then, happening about Tammy then? Uh, I, I, I would have thought we will not see Tammy at Stamford Bridge next season. Whether what's gone wrong there? <clears throat> excuse me. Well, you have to think that either he's not doing it in training or they've had some kind of falling out. Or, he, or just, he doesn't rate him. Or he just doesn't rate him as a player, which I can actually understand because I can see what what Tuchel likes in players. He likes a little bit of flair, but he likes dependable players. You know, and, and the truth is the ball doesn't stick to to um Tammy's feet a lot of the time. He's a bit gangly, he looks as though he still needs work, he needs polishing. Um, yes, he'll get goals. He will always get goals. But is he the kind of striker that Tuchel wants in this side? But if he always gets goals, why aren't we playing him? Well, th- this is the thing. Would I, you play him? Uh, at the, I, I would certainly have a go with him. I certainly wouldn't not have him in the squad. I'd have him as a substitute every time. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, because he can... He's one of those, isn't he? He's a streaky player as well. He gets mm. one, then he gets one in the next game. So mm. yeah, I, that makes me think something's gone on. because mm. It's it, a weird it, one, isn't it? I, it I is. think it's, it's very odd. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Something, And it just shows, doesn't it? For all the sort of, oh, he's such a lovely guy, Tuchel has his own mind. There is no doubt about it. I think he's keeping his emotions under check because he, he's thinking this season... This is all about getting through, surviving, and getting to the summer. Then maybe I'll get a new contract. Then maybe I can pick the team that I want. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll see exactly what he's made of through the summer and next season. But we're getting a little glimpse of it. You know, you look, um, Frank fell out with players. He fell out with supposedly Rudiger and Jorginho and Kepper and Alonso. Mm. Where it looks to me... And I can't see any other way of this. Either Tuchel has decided he's just not up to it, or they've fallen out. Mm. Probably it's the former. Who knows? The rest is pure speculation. But for for a guy who's who has been our top scorer, mm. um, not to even get in a squad, I, I find extraordinary. Mm. Um, it doesn't make sense. I think it weakens the bench not having him there because... You could say, oh, well, there's Giroud on the bench. But no, he's done nothing when he's come on, really. No, and they're both completely different types of players. Mm. Um, I mean, Giroud came on in the Arsenal game, 65th minute, didn't he? And he was, you know, hit the bar, I guess. But, you know, I don't think he was really much of a threat in and around the box. Well, I feel sorry for him because I think that was a classic player, case of a player who hasn't played for very long, looking coming back in after a long time out, looking really, really rusty. Um, and you just think, you know, he's done it quite a few times for us, come on and score a goal, but he just didn't, you know, he just didn't look up to it because mm. he's not played. Mm. So, you know, I, I kind of felt sorry for him. Um, Talking about players that haven't played, what did you think of Billy Gilmore? Yeah, I mean, look, this is all a learning curve for Billy, isn't it? Um, he was okay. I don't think he was great. Uh, it will get 
mileage into his legs. That's about all you can say. I, I don't think it was a fantastic performance, but I don't think he let anyone down. And it's it's obvious that Tuchel has a hope that he could go on and be a player for us. Mm. But let's not forget, he's still very young. Um, this is all about him getting mileage after his injury. This has been a strange year for him. But I think we'll see him in the squad and part of the squad next year. I don't yeah. I don't think he's going to be one of those players that will be farmed out. But no, not a great game, but didn't let us down particularly. What did you think? I, yeah, same as you, really. I thought I thought he was okay. Would I have played him in an important game like this? I'm not sure. Um, I think that he's he still looks very callow, very young. Uh, I, I know there's always this kind of rose-tinted love for players that come through the academy system, or are very young players. I mean, obviously came came from uh, came from Scotland, but um, I think that uh, I don't I don't I don't think he looks particularly strong in the midfield. I think he still looks a little bit lightweight. I don't think his decision making was great. He was perfectly fine, but that we probably needed more than perfectly fine in that midfield. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. So you know it. Good game for him to play in, bad game to be part of. <laughs> that's that's what I'd say. All right, well, look, um, is there anything else we need to discuss from the Arsenal game? I don't think so. I, I just think it just shows that we've had such a ridiculous run of games. Champions League, Cup game. I mean, it's just been relentless, hasn't it? And I think this is perhaps we just may have run out of steam a little bit you know, at this crucial time. I just think that might be the case. We might just be too young, too inexperienced, too new uh, a format to, to, to have the kind of relentless quality that some of the teams that are probably a step or two above us have. So how that's going to play out in the next two weeks, I don't know. But the Arsenal game and the game we're going to talk about next um, is, is uh, you know, is indication, I think, that we are perhaps tired and a bit leggy and need to regroup very, very quickly um, today and tomorrow, um, you know, and, and think what we can do and what we need to do and whether we want it enough, really. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Well, look, um, let's move on now. Uh, we should go to a commercial break and then we'll talk about cup finals. <laughs> If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we are back. Right. Well, Wembley. Wembley, Wembley, Wembley. I turned on my TV. There were people walking down Wembley Way. There were flags being waved. And he suddenly thought, actually, for the first time in a long time, I feel really sad that I'm not there and part of this extravaganza, part of this cup final with 20-odd thousand people, 22,000 people, I think there were, which made me curious because 6,500 from each club who were the rest of them, Andy? The football it... family. Right. The What? The, the, the uh, Not saying football's corrupt, but all the people who deserve tickets. Well, <laughs> I think there were probably local residents. There's people, you know, <laughs> representing, you know, local uh, football associations throughout the country, sponsors, partners, staff. I mean, there's always a load of hangers-on, isn't there? So. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, but it did make a difference, didn't it? I mean, just seeing Yeah, it was people... great. It was actually much better than I thought it would be. I was kind of disappointed I didn't go. I made the decision not to go because I thought it would be a bit of a faff and not very good, but it actually looked great and I wish I'd gone. Yeah, you know, but there we go. And then at the end of it, probably glad you didn't go. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing more depressing than walking out of Wembley having lost the cup final. No, there isn't. But, you know, that's all part of the experience. And you, we mm. always say this to younger fans who go, oh, we should have won. We deserve to win. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't get the luck. Sometimes it just doesn't go your way. But it's the losing that builds the joy of the winning, as you said earlier. You know, so, yes, in two weeks' time, we could be the champions of Europe. Mm. And then we won't care. We could also be looking forward to the Europa League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? That's the thing about football. We're still in it. And that's what it's all about, being in it at the end of the season, whichever way it goes. Got to be in uh, it to win it. You have indeed. You have. It's the hope that kills you. Always. All these, all Always these the hope that kills you. <laughs> I we're still in a position where it could be the hope that kills someone else. You yeah, know, let's, let's not be honest. It could be the hope that kills Liverpool. You know, oh, so. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm. Especially having had such a magic moment. Let that be their highlight. Mm. That's what I say. And then let them go to the competition that houses people like Arsenal and Tottenham quite often. Mm. Um, even though we have won it a couple of times. But there we go. At least we won it. Um, all right. So the team. Mm. Strange team for you. Yeah. Good team for you. Strange Did he, team. Was this the first I don't think time? he got this right. I think I've yeah. looked at most of the teams this season and thought, yeah, all right, fair enough. And I looked at this team and I thought, what's he doing here? I mean, Kepper in goal, all right, he's played all the cup games, fine. He wants to basically reward him for that and presumably put him in the shot window as well, whatever it is. I wouldn't have played uh, Kepper in a cup final, but if he wants to do that, fine. The weird one was James and Azpilicueta. You know, when it looked like James was a centre-back, uh, one of the three centre-backs, and Azpilicueta was playing out uh, as the right wing-back. Didn't get that at all. I mean, I got it. He wanted James's pace against the Vardy break. I mean, I, I, I kind of get that, especially when you've got Silva next to him. Um, so having maybe Azpilicueta, Silva and Rudiger, not the paciest back three. You wanted somebody with a bit of pace there. But it kind of negated a lot of our movement forward because James is so dangerous moving forward. So that was an odd one. Kante, Jorginho, fine. That's fine in the middle. I think that's our probably our strongest uh, midfield pairing. So I'm fine with that, particularly when Kovacic is, is not is not fit. Uh, Ziek, I wouldn't have picked Ziek over Pulisic. Um, so that that was a that was one that made me raise an eyebrow. Werner and Mount, all right, fair enough. I may have gone with Havertz, but you know, Werner and Mount, fine. Werner with a bit of pace to try and get in the back, but yeah, there were certainly some issues with this team that you know I wasn't comfortable with. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I I would have pulled out exactly the same comments. What was interesting, I think, the first half when we weren't so attack minded, I thought. Reese did a fantastic job on Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he the, did, and that's why he was there. And I think yeah. I, I kind of saw. I know, I knew what he was doing. I was just like, oh, that's just lost us a whole, the whole right side of our attacking, you know, our attacking threat. Well, it kind of was like the old principle of man-to-man marking and mm. just keeping him out of the game. I just think it was a bit. I think Tuchel just being a bit too clever for his own good. Exactly, exactly. He just and overthought the, it. And the the problem is. Leicester have other players now. They aren't the same as the side that won the title. They have got talent across the team. And I think I thought it was slightly naive to do what we did. Right, let's tie up Vardy. Vardy hasn't been in great form anyway this season. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought it gave away a a player, gave away a position on on the park. Well, they've got three really attacking. I mean, they've got Ian Acho and Perez and Vardy. I mean, all of them are are, are trickier in their own way. So I think you're right. To focus just on Vardy's pace was, for me, a mistake. Ian Acho's the the informed player. Yeah, and actually, he was the out-of-form player, actually, in, the, in, in most of the half, and they ended up subbing him. But, yeah, and there's the, also an argument to say, you know, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, that if you take the game to them, if you'd have put James on the right-hand side, him and Alonso pushing right up, that would have isolated those three players and made it easier for a back three. So, you know, I just think he, he got that one wrong, in my opinion. But, you know, he's entitled to do that. He's the manager. I'm not. But um, I just would, I wouldn't have done it personally. I wouldn't have picked Alonso either, personally. Um, mm. I understand well, Alonso why... Alonso is, is an attacking threat. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. And and he said he picked him for height. So, look, I'm not going to argue with that. There was a reason. I just thought when Chilwell came on, he showed the difference between the two uh, and what he's learned. So I thought that was a missed trick. Um, I also think 
totally agree with you about Ziek. Ziek is a beautiful player, um, but at times he gets completely lost. Yeah, he's and not affect. He doesn't affect games in the way that Pulisic can. He's he scored some big goals. He's been part of some big moments, but on a consistent basis. You know, we always talk about Werner and the, and the fact that he affects games, and he re- he consistently affects games, whether it's through assists or runs. It's not necessarily goals with him. He's just a player that's relentlessly, you know, trying all the time and causing issues and being a presence up front. I, I can't say the same for Ziyech at this stage. No, exactly. And, and I, f- I feel sorry for Pulisic. I don't want him to just become considered a super sub because he came on and he really tried to make a difference. Here's my point um, about that front three. I thought Timo Werner ran Johnny Evans ragged uh, and that's why well, Evans... Until he went off injured. Exactly. Well, this is my point, is that he ran him ragged and that's what brought a reoccurrence of his injury. Evans couldn't keep up with him. Mm. I thought, though, once they got their back... Uh, three sorted out they became more mobile and actually it didn't work in the same way and I think we needed to take them on a bit more in the way that Ziek he looks to me as though a lot of the time he's the kind of player who wants to stop the ball look up and ping the perfect pass and he can do it I just think we needed to drive at that Leicester defense more and he didn't do that I think you're right and I, I think we set up to counter you know, yeah. and that's why Mount was there and Werner was there and Ziyech was there was was a counter. And I just, why? Just take the game to them. You know, I'm I'm naturally cautious when it comes to football. I'm naturally somebody who you know who wants to build a solid foundation and build from that. But against Leicester, who don't have the best defence, who had a you know a, a player like Evans in who was you know struggling with injury, was a doubt before the game. I just, why didn't we just be a little bit more aggressive? Why didn't we? Why didn't we just? go hell for leather and, in, in, and try and try and shock and awe them. I don't, I don't get it. It just, it just seemed, I just thought Tuca was wrong in this one. I haven't said that all season. But, yeah, um, no, neither have I, but I'm with you. I think he got it wrong in the big one. Uh, can I, we talked about conspiracy theories earlier. Mm. I've got a doozy for you. I'm not even going to tell you who told me this, but I think it's a classic mm. that actually the only reason that they scored that goal was because Kepper was in goal. Because, oh, because he's too small. Because everyone knows to shoot for the top corner. Uh, that was Phil well, Daniels, wasn't it, who told no, you No, it wasn't, actually. Well, it, it, yeah. Somebody else. This is, it wasn't Phil, but... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, somebody said a similar thing to me on, on, okay. on social media. And I, I know who it is, and... Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It was a worldie. You know, it was, yeah, a, it was. It was, a, it was a great goal. I, look, I don't think the, the build-up no, to it No, was but great. the point was that they wouldn't have taken the shot if Mendy was in goal. Oh, that's nonsense. That's what I'm saying. See, let me finish my conspiracy Well, it's theory. crap. You know, it's it just crap. Would you have picked Mendy over Kepa? Yeah, of course I would. I think you pick your best team for finals. Yeah. Of yeah, course I, I would. You know, I think it, it, it's not a charity. You don't say well done and pat someone on the head because they've been present for, you know, you basically go, who, who's going to win me this game? And I think that Tuchel needs to learn that. He needs to learn the fact that, you know, you put your best players in the big games. It's a trophy. It's yeah. a trophy. You know, for some people, it's the, you know, it's just the FA Cup and the top four and the Champions League are more important. But, you know, for those of us, particularly those of us of our generation, the FA Cup's important. It's, an, it, it's, a, it's a major trophy. And I think it's also a way of getting into the winning habit of basically saying, this is the first trophy of the two cool reign. You know, in the same way that that Carling Cup, that League Cup against Liverpool in Cardiff was the first trophy of the Mourinho reign. Um, I just think it starts a habit of winning things. And we threw it away. Uh, it's really frustrating that we threw it away by just overthinking it being too cautious and you know hopefully it's a it's a line in the sand for Tuchel and he learns from it yeah well let's see how that goes I'm not that down on him I just think he's got a really really difficult job to do he's had so many games to plan for he's got such a awkward period to negotiate or he had such an awkward period to negotiate from Wednesday of last week until the 29th in the Champions League final such a minefield of Keeping players fit, motivated, uh, not tiring them out, making sure that we've got the right combination, the right balance. I mean, it's a really difficult job. You and I couldn't do it, you know, and, and neither could any of these what? Twitter Twitter managers, you I, know, I sitting could. there doing it. I, 
I'm, I'm ignoring you because you couldn't. And, you know, and I think that we, you know, we've got to step back and go, do you want that job in this situation? Because really, it's really difficult. I think he made a misstep uh, in the cup final and maybe he didn't understand the significance of it, having won, you know, loads of, you know, fairly irrelevant cups in, in, in France. He just maybe tossed this one off and went, well, actually, I'm going to put all my focus into getting into the top four and, and, and winning the Champions League final. And I'm just going to, you know, just, just keep the players. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to think for no. him. But it did seem like a big misstep. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on, on all the points you've raised. Um, and sadly, uh, then we had the, we saw the misery, the joy, the, what it's like to equalise in a cup final, to have it taken away, for the opposition fans to go absolutely nuts. This, this, I, honestly, I was up and dancing around yeah, the front we, room. We I've forgotten as, we that were as well. We I was were. going, yes, look at that, because it looked so clearly all perfectly right. You know, how it went in and that it was an own goal. You thought, well, this one ain't going to be chalked off, is it? And then, we're, I, I, you know, I, I still struggle with, with uh, offsides like that. I accept them because that's what we now say. Oh, and I'm looking at the picture of the VAR now. And it's level, you know, it might be a millimetre here and a millimetre there. And if we're going to play these, you know, sort of mathematical algorithmic, you know, rules with VAR, then so be it. Um, but it's a, it's a choker when it's that close, you know, when it's yeah. essentially... You know, the guy's shoulder, a bit of his shoulder. Um, you know, it's so frustrating. It's so incredibly frustrating. But I'm, I'm not going to go down the VAR route on this because we've already discussed it. But, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, you know, it, it, if that had gone in... Um, and also, let's not, let's not um, you know, take away anything from, uh, from Kasper Schmeichel. That was an incredible save. An incredible save off Mason Mount. And, yeah, you know, it and, was. And it was. And, and there, it that's was. the margins. That's the margins at this level. You know, if that, that had gone in, if our goal had counted, if, 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 you know, I think we would have turned around and gone, well, we made our work of it. We, we're probably worthy winners, you know. But everybody's now down in doom and gloom and gnashing their teeth but you know we just came up against a goalkeeper who had the you know made one of the saves of his life and a VAR system you know that had calibrated an offside because of the you know the, the width of somebody's shoulder bone you know I mean I, it's just one of those things it's just one of yeah. those things that that's the margin we weren't battered we probably should have won we didn't win you know congratulations Leicester we move on yeah absolutely that's the last word is well done Leicester you got the cup um right moving on then Sunday didn't get any better. The, the women, uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, it was just horrendous. Uh, I know you're. A, I know. Night. I know you're a huge fan of the women's team, and it's you know it's 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 given you a lot of pleasure this year. I haven't really watched it. I watched the end of the semi final, which was very exciting. Um, but I looked at it, and it, it wasn't very good. You know, they weren't very good. You know, to concede a goal after thirty seconds in the way they did, the defending was appalling. The goalkeeping was appalling. I just, you know, really. I mean, I just wasn't. It wasn't much fun, I, I it? think they, I, you know, I think it set back a lot of people who came to watch that game expecting something other than they got. Um, mm. I just think they let themselves down. I think they got done by the occasion, and I think that can happen. And um, I, I thought it was great, though. I, I heard that Abramovich went in to see them after the game. He was at the match. Well, that's nice. Which, which I thought was nice of him. And apparently they all vowed that they will go back and they will win it. So Yeah, well, yeah. good. And look, yeah. um, and also as well, let's, let, let's not, I'm not, I'm not down on women's football because, you know, the, the, the strides that women's football have made over the last decade have been incredible. And it's obviously a, a source of pride to see a, a women's Chelsea team go out there and, and reach this stage of the competition and compete. It's incredibly disappointed they played so badly um, yesterday, but you said it might be nerves and inexperience. The other thing to bear in mind is women's football, is a, it's a different game. It's, yes. not, it's not the same as men's football. And I think if you come to it and expect to see the same standards as men's football, um, then, then you are going to be disappointed. It, you know, it is a game that's, in, that's evolving. It is a game that's, that's, that's getting there, that's transitioning into, into an elite sport. I don't think it's an elite sport at the moment. I don't. And that, that's why it doesn't really work for me. But I accept that it's a different game and that it, 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 it's, it's moved on incredibly. And I think it's brilliant that we have a, a, a women's team that are doing so well. And I think Emma Hames is a good manager. And we've had her on the podcast and we have spoken to her. She's a very, very impressive woman and impressive manager. And I think that, that there's lots to like about it. But for me at the moment, it doesn't quite do it for me. 
Fair enough. Right. Well, okay, look, we, we've got to get going. Um, this week, it's an important league week. We've got we've got two huge games, Leicester and Villa. Mm. How do you sum up this week and what are your predictions for both those games? Well, it's a crucial week, isn't it? Um, I don't yes. know if I've done my map. Have you looked at the table? You've got a table in front of you. We need to get to... Uh, 67. We, we need to get probably both games won. Yeah, so if we, so we're on. So let me let me have, let me pull this. Let's pull this up and have a look at it because I made a bit of a dog's breakfast of it when I was um, when I was. Uh, Liverpool can get to seventy points. Yeah, Liverpool can get to seventy points. We can get seventy one, right? Yes. Yeah, so we're on sixty four at the moment. They're on sixty three. Is that right? So yeah, yeah, they no, they they are yes. So I'm they not can looking. Get... I'm looking. Oh, I'm looking at the table now. Right, let's have a yeah. look. So so Liverpool are on sixty three. We're on sixty four. There are two games left, right? So we can get to uh, sixty seven. We can get to seventy. Yeah, is, is that right? That's and right. And they can get to sixty nine. No, if they win they both. Can... Yeah. 6669 right? yeah so that's right so they're on so they've got 63 but, points with two games left so 63 yes. plus 60 69 is that right yeah i think so i haven't looked at the table but well, pull, pull whatever table if, we, if we win both if we i've i've got to get going um <laughs> but yes um they are literally if we win both games we are okay yeah and then it's Leicester that have the battle yeah um, so, so Leicester yes. are on 66 so they can go to 72 yeah, basically all three teams are in control of their own destiny. If two of those teams win both games, then they are the ones that go up. Yeah, or there is a possibility, the as far League. as I can see, that we can all finish on 67. Yes, and we could do it. it's true. Yeah, so Liverpool could could uh, could win one and draw one and get to 67. We could win one, lose one, and get to 67. Leicester could draw one and lose one and get to 67, and then it comes down to goal difference. Oh, it's too scary. Oh, anyway, I'll tell you. Anyway, it, there's it, lots of permutations. The fact yeah. is, tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night, tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow night, night, I'm going to the game at Stamford Bridge, and I'm hoping that we can get a result against Leicester and take the pressure off us, you know, and then beat Villa, um, do the top four, and then we've got a week's break, and then it's uh, it's off to Porto for the Champions League final. So my predictions are, I think we're going to win them both. I think I think this has been a kick up the arse for the team. I think the Tuchel's a good manager. He will use this as motivation. He will say you've got a chance to you know to finish the season with something, you know something. And um, I think he'll he'll get them playing. And I think he'll pick the right sides for both for both games. I think you just pick the side and that's it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for one nil and a two one away win. That's that's my my predictions. Okay, I'm going to go oh. one nil one nil. Okay, I, I, I'll go with. Both sets of those, whatever comes out. All right, Andy, well, that's us out of time. If people want to get in touch with us, how can they do so? Uh, social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Podcast. You can follow me on Mr. A Saunders. You can follow Kerry on at Kerry Levy, which is C-E-R-I-L-E-V-Y. On Instagram, it's at the Chelsea Podcast. It's me on at Mr. A Saunders, and it's Kerry on at... Uh, sorry, uh, Instagram, it's me on one true Saunders. Uh, and uh, on Instagram, it's Kerry on at Kerry Levy one There we go. That's us done. Well, hopefully next time we speak to you, we will be in next year's Champions League as we aim to win this year's Champions League. All right, everybody. Keep happy. We're still marching on. Up the blues. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.